gentlemen welcome to another episode of beyond the blade i am your solo co-host for the moment chad dinamis is here with plenty of sabers in this episode amrick's talk coming your way here so like i said i am solo for now bill is getting ready for his vacation coming up he's a little bit tired from a long work week getting those hours in before the vacation um I don't know, it's just me. I feel like Bill goes on vacation like all the time, but hey, to each their own man. I don't know if he's maybe he's that guy like what it didn't like it wasn't like CNN did like that five hundred thousand dollar thing where they go on like five vacations. Maybe that's Bill's lifestyle. You never know. He could be throwing one over on me. Maybe that is. But Bill is going on vacation, so next week he won't be here. Uh which means Anthony Siandra is gonna step in again next week and join me. Maybe we'll have a coach to talk about, maybe we'll have nothing to talk about. I don't know, we'll see how it goes. But this week, like I said, I am going to be joined uh, by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Uh, we are going to do pretty much primarily a preview of the Rochester Amrix playoff series against the Toronto Marlies that is going to get kicked off this weekend. So that will be the primary focus of that episode. But before we get to Keith here in a few minutes, I guess I'll, I'll kind of ramble on on a few things here that uh, I can say some housekeeping things. So... The playoffs have been fun at this point, right? I mean, we have the, the craziness of the Tampa Bay Lightning getting swept in the first round. Uh, the Penguins get swept by the Islanders. I guess the Islanders are for real. Uh, I guess you could say Columbus is for real, which, I mean, again, this whole series is kind of crazy. But, hey, it's playoff hockey. It is what it is. Boston and Toronto was a fun series. That game just ended. Uh, Nashville and Dallas is back and forth. Dallas is smoking them right now. Colorado and Calgary is interesting. Colorado's up two games to one. Vegas is doing what they do. To San Jose, I don't know how San Jose didn't address any goaltending, and you know, I mean, it is it is what it is from here on out. Right, now. I'm sure I'm forgetting series, but whatever. Regardless, the, you know, the playoffs they've been good, they've been fun, they've been enjoyable. So, really can't complain a lot about that. We're two weeks into it, a little over two weeks into it. So, hopefully they keep going. Hopefully they stay exciting. And really, with Tampa Bay out, I guess it's you know, it really wasn't anybody's race anyways. But I guess really now it really is wide open. Anybody's Anybody's cup here, so we'll we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, coaching, Todd McClellan's out from the last time we talked. Uh, officially signed in Los Angeles with the Kings on a five-year deal, according to good friend of the podcast, Dennis Bernstein, who was kind of on that track the entire time. So full credit to Dennis for being 
I guess you could say kind of the first one there, or maybe sticking to a story there. So, McCullen to the Kings. Uh, Elaine Vino, the, I guess you could say the vaunted fear coach, if you listen to this podcast, uh, is also off the board. He goes to the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not really surprised, you could say, but that kind of all happened and formulated quickly. So, Elaine Vino and McClellan are both taking jobs. So, now it's it's interesting. Now, is it Chris Taylor? Uh, is... Maybe bottle waiting to see what happens after round one of some coaches get fired, like Mike Sullivan, or crazy things that have happened in this league. John Cooper, maybe? You never know, but I don't think that's really going to happen. So we'll kind of see. It'll be it'll be interesting here. He's, he's taking his time, and I respect that. So, you know, I mean, we had the McClellan report come out early, and we thought maybe he was trying to act fast, but that seemed like to be more smoke than actual fire there. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where this takes us here over the next week to a few weeks maybe even a month kind of long this takes out i mean if you remember Housley didn't get hired until i think it was a couple weeks before the draft i mean and that was primarily because the predators won the cup finals but you know that one kind of played out so we'll see how long this one plays out last but not least uh there is a report today that came out that the sabers may be reaching into europe again for a free agent so we had victor antipin a couple years ago we had Lawrence Pilot last year, which worked out pretty well for the Sabres. So that works out pretty good. And then this year, it's finished forward Arturo Rustalainen uh, from Liga. And he actually played with Oscar Laxanen on Ives in Liga. Uh, he's a smaller forward. You know, when, when I got a few looks at Laxanen, he kind of jumped out to me. He impressed me. Uh, but he's a small center, 21 years old, uh, 21 goals, 42 points in 59 games for Ives. Uh, I reached out to uh, Yoki Nevalainen, who is on, who works for the Dobbers Prospects. Uh, he writes for them, really knows his finished prospects. So I reached out to him to get a, I guess, a, his interpretation. Uh, so I'll quickly read that here before we get to Keith here in a few moments. So here's what Yoki had to say on Roosterlainen. I wrote about this at Dobber the Blade, too. So you can read it or you can listen to what I'm going to say right now. It's up to you. I guess if listen to the podcast, you're going to listen to what I say. So. Just listen to what Yogi had to say. Here's what he said. Ives didn't have a very good team this season, but Ruslanen was their best player both during the regular season and the playoffs as well. It's not really fair to expect a 21-year-old to carry a team in Liga, but that's exactly what he did. He played huge minutes and was used in all situations. In addition to his team-leading offensive numbers, his course numbers were some of the best in the league, and he was one of the best face-off guys in the league as well. He has always been a top player among his age group in Finland, but got overlooked because of his size. Like I said, he's only five foot eight. This season, he proved he wasn't just a junior hockey star. He can be a great poor pro player as well. So, high praise from Yoki. We'll kind of see where he turns out. Um, I, I mean, I'd say long term at best, and Keeper Jacks maybe to a third line winger. Um, Yoki and I kind of both agree that he'll need to transition from center to wing. In North America, that kind of makes the most sense. So, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, get these young kids on an entry-level deal and cheap contract and see if it works out for you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's a smart way and a smart avenue to go to improve your hockey team. Cheap cheap way to go, too. So, good for Botterill, and you know, there's some other guys you've talked about on here, like Oliver Koski, who's another Finnish defenseman. That might be an interesting avenue to go down, so... Now we're going to see that shakes out. And Ruth Delaney right now is with 
Finland at their World Championship camp. So we'll see if he makes that team. You know, it's not official yet, so we'll see how that turns out for him. And, you know, if he goes to the World Championships, like something, you know, I have to wait until it's over for him to sign a contract officially. But we'll see. But it's exciting. You know, it's I like these European players, I like these European kids. I think those are good leagues in Sweden and Finland. And uh, I respect the Sabres for going that route. So good for Botterill and... You know, don't be afraid to keep dipping into the you know European hockey and see what you can pull out. So, I think it's time to get some playoff hockey, right? Because we don't get enough. We don't get any playoff hockey in Buffalo, so why not mooch off of Rochester a little bit? So, the Amherst begin their three-game series. I'm sorry, their their best of five series. Uh, hopefully, it'll only be three games, but their best of five series against the Toronto Marlies in round one of the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, so we're going to talk to Keith Wozniak here and preview that. I mean, looking at the numbers quickly, we'll get into it with Keith, but in the regular season, Amherst had some success against Toronto, so that's good. Chris Taylor against Sheldon Keith, interesting coaching matchup here. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring Keith in here and let's talk some playoff hockey. Keith, what is going on, man? Are you ready for some playoff hockey down there in Rochester? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I think every day I'm like, is it tomorrow Friday? Is it tomorrow Friday? Is it tomorrow <laughs> Friday? And it's not Friday yet, and uh, I have off all day on Friday, so it's going to be a, a long, long day waiting for <laughs> waiting for Friday night to happen. But uh, but we're we're almost there. Yeah, I mean, I we haven't had that feeling of playoff hockey in here in a long time, so we're we're kind of vicariously living through you guys down here in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's you know, kind of weather's getting a little nicer, and still going into the cold hockey rink and watching the guys play, and the, the wonderful hockey smell still exists when there's that many people in the building. So it's yeah, it's uh, the excitement is definitely definitely in the in the building in Rochester for it. So we'll get to some before we get into the playoffs itself. We'll kind of get some quick house cleaning things here. So I think people want to hear about it. So uh, first off, Uko. Uko Pekka Lukinen made his pro debut in the Amherst last game, getting a win, making 32 saves. Uh, kind of quickly, how did you think Lukinen looked in his first game? Yeah, he looked, uh, you know, it's kind of just as you'd expect from anybody. The first probably 10 minutes or so of the game, he just, you know, kind of looked out of place maybe or just getting his bearings. And he talked after Amherst practice um, Wednesday morning and kind of said the same thing. You know, it was just kind of all nervous and after seeing a few shots and let a couple goals in, everything settled down. And, you know, if somebody, if you told somebody it was his first pro game, there's no way anybody would have, would have guessed that at a time. He was just, just solid in net. And, uh, you know, I, one thing that kind of stood out was he was like a vacuum cleaner. I can't remember, recall any kind of rebounds that he gave up. Um, you know, he was facing a team that had to win to make the playoffs. Yep. And if they lost, you know, so he was facing a desperate team. So it's not like it was, uh, you know, just, you know, a last place team, you know, with nothing left to lose. They were they were trying to win and they're challenging him. And he looked great in net and he said didn't give up really any rebounds at all. And none of those, you know, as they say, second, third chances that other teams were lying to score. Good. Well, that's good to hear. You know, so we'll kind of. You know, I, I don't expect them to play in any more games here unless there's an injury or something. So we'll we'll kind of we won't get too deep into Luke in it, but I think it's promising for Rochester next year. And then you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kind of mention next many time on it because there's another guy I don't think is really going to play. You know, Jacob Bryson 
uh, signed his entry-level contract, reports to Rochester. Uh, did he end up practicing today? I was trying to follow your tweets, but I kind of missed if he ended up showing up on the ice or no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I think he got into Rochester Wednesday morning, so he didn't have time to get on the ice or I don't know. They just wasn't the plan. He got around and, you know, did all his fun video stuff to, you know, the PR stuff and kind of <laughs> got to meet everyone and quick, you know, interview with the media and just say hi to everyone and get settled in. But he's expected to be on the ice Thursday morning. Okay. So speaking of on the ice, uh, I guess we'll kind of shift over into our, our playoff focus here, but maybe the, one of the more concerning things we have going on here uh, is Alex Nylander. He hasn't practiced yet. He had that leg laceration he suffered in Buffalo. Uh, Housley said at the time he should be able to play in the playoffs still, uh, but like you said, he hasn't practiced yet at this point, unless he skates tomorrow. And even still, I'd kind of say he's a long shot for game one, right? Yeah, I'd say is a I he's not even playing in game one. There's there's just no way since he's you know, he hasn't practiced in weeks with the team. Uh, I'm not sure if he's skating on his own or not. Um, you know, I have kind of seen him around in street clothes. I uh, don't notice, you know, any limp or you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. So it's not like, you know, sometimes you see guys with a limp or, you know, right. crutches or bandages, you know, or whatnot. But yeah, no, he hasn't practiced at all with the team since coming back from Buffalo. Um not sure if he's skating on his own, but at this point, you know, none of that has happened. There's, there's no way he's playing at least this weekend. And, uh, you know, going forward, who knows, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've had fun, you know, kind of back and forth on what his legacy could be between here and Buffalo. And you know what, no matter what happens, uh, you know, Hey, he, he played well in Buffalo and if he makes it there. Great. But, uh, you know, kind of going into important playoff series when, you know, you can't, you know, he's hurt. There's no doubt about that. But, right. you know, that's kind of how people are going to remember him is, you know, somebody went into her playoffs and, hey, maybe he'll come back in uh, later rounds and score a bunch of goals and it'll be awesome. But, uh, you know, until that happens, you know, I'd say he's he's out of the lineup and, you know, at least for probably the first round, if not, you know, if, you know, depending how many games it goes to. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. So Toronto Marlies is the first round opponent. So I did my homework here. Uh, the Emmerichs were actually five and one against the Marlies this year. Um, they scored five goals in one, two, three, four, five of the six games. They put up a five spot. They outscored Toronto 26, 17. They were two and one at home, three, and zero on the road. So what's your gut feel on that? This means nothing. Or do you think that kind of gives the team some confidence going into the playoffs? You know what, the way we've seen the NHL playoffs shake out so far, um, you know, kind of, I'm going to go with the team philosophy on this, that everything from the regular season is out the window right. yep. and doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah, obviously it, it does mean a lot and, you know, it does mean, hey, you know, they're going to be familiar with them. Um, you know, so you kind of know what to expect. You know, a lot of regular season games, it's, you know, at least the American League teams focus on playing for themselves or, you know, doing what they need to do versus, you know, how you really match up to the opponent. Um, you know, but I think now they know what to expect. Um, you know, that familiarity is going to come into play. Uh, the last time they played them was in March. And I believe that was the game they were down and had to score. Was like the four. comeback overtime win, right? So they were down 4-1, yes. yeah. Yep. So as they were down 4-1, to came back one in overtime. So, you know, that's just a sign of what the Toronto team is capable of. And, you know, they didn't really make much noise, but, 
you know, they were at 91 points. They're only eight points behind the Emmerichs in the final standings. Um, you know, and they are defending Calder Cup champs. You know, right. so that says something. It's uh, you know, Sheldon Keith knows how to win. Yep. You know, they've done it before, and you know, sometimes in playoffs, they look at Tortorella as an example. You know, when you know how to win and have done it before, that kind of you can have an advantage that way. So, um, you know, the biggest challenge I think is going to be the you know home versus away more than anything. Um, you know, both the Amherst and Marlies were excellent on the road and both struggled on home ice. So, you know, they, uh, the Emmerich said in talking after practice that, you know, what happened in the regular season doesn't mean anything, but, you know, and he kind of played lousy on home ice most of the year. You know, it's, you have to think about that. But Toronto did as well. So, you know, it's almost like it's going to come down to who can win on home ice and is going to be the one that wins the series. You know, thinking about this series, uh, before we kind of jump into some players here, one thing I kind of want to bring up here and get your opinion on is, you know, for Rochester being swept each of the last two years, you know, it really, I mean, in, in a five-game series, you know, getting that first win is important, of course, but I, I feel like for Rochester, maybe even like a mentality thing, just getting that first win in game one is seems like it's super important here for them. I mean, you lose that game, like, oh, great, here we go again, and you know, that whole thing gets settled in, right? So, I mean... Maybe, you know, like I said, in a short series, getting that first win is important. But I think when you factor in the history here, I think it makes it even more important. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, in, in a way, the, this team has lost, you know, a handful of, you know, miserable games, lousy games over the course of the season, um, which is hard to think, you know, kind of weird to think about when they finished, you know, third overall in the league. Right. But, you know, there were a bunch of games, you know, last week against uh, – you know, a couple of weeks ago in Syracuse, I think it was a Friday night, they got crushed and looked horrible. You know, next game they came out and dominated. So, you know, obviously you want to win game one. Um, that's, you know, as far as the confidence thing goes, um, you know, put any doubts behind you, especially with a day off and then an afternoon game. Um, worst case scenario, if that happens, you know, I, I think this team is built for the experience and, you know, there's a lot of these guys went through, you know, last season. It was you know, Zach Redman, CJ Smith, um, you know, just two examples. There's a long list of guys that were on the team. Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter, um, Daniel you know, Regan. Yeah. Daniel Regan was there. Um, yeah, they, uh, Matt Tennyson was there. So, yeah. you know, they remember what it was like to lose. And last season, they didn't have many expectations once they got to the playoffs. You know, they were just trying to get that experience. And, you know, I think now that they all have that experience, they went through it. They know, all right. We can't let that happen again. We need to, you know, take out, take this on different. And, yeah, absolutely, win that game one. Because once you win game one and with two on the road, they're going to have an advantage there. A couple of things for Toronto cleanup. Jeremy Bracco, the second-leading scorer in the league is on the Marlies. Uh, Chris Mueller had 33 goals and 65 points. Uh, Timothy Lilligren is a nice young defenseman on the blue line. Rasmus Sandin, another nice, nice young defenseman on the Leafs blue line. But I think the interesting thing here, and maybe – in a way, the Amherst are catching a break here, is with the struggles of Garrett Sparks, the Marlies lost their starting goaltender, Michael Hutchinson, uh, as he's up with the Leafs now, uh, backing up, you know, in their playoff run. So I guess that that's kind of a, you know, I mean, you can always run into a hot goalie, but when you're thinking about it, I mean, the team you're playing losing the starting goaltender, I guess that, that kind of pushes it in your favor. No, 100%. That's uh well, no matter how you look at the North Division and the playoffs going forward, it's you know goaltending is a big part of it, and 
you know, that's definitely going to be one of the Marley's kind of weak points. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that can score goals. Of course, they do as well. Uh, you know, I think we've held their, you know, look at the stats for the season. Mueller only had two goals against the Emirates all season. Uh, Brock only had two goals. So, you know, they kind of did a good job limiting what those guys can do. And, you know, when you're facing a goalie that is, uh, you know, doesn't have that playoff experience, so, you know, that, that should be in their advantage for sure. So looking at the Amherst side of things, who, give me, let's say two players. Who are two players you're focusing on? You know, I, I think Nylander might be in this discussion, but since he's not going to play, we'll rule him out. But who are two players on the Amherst in your mind um, that really need to have a big series for Rochester to win this first round matchup? Um, you know, who need to have it? Obviously, Victor Olsen. Um, you know, the more they can get the puck to him and score goals, it's, you know, it's, you know, they get the guys that only goal score. Um, you know, you score goals in the playoffs, you're going to win games. You know, it's kind of weird to say that, but it's the truth. Right, um, right. You know, but I think that's honestly what it is, is Olsen is, you know, that guy has kind of, you know, it's in a way he is, he's uh, from talking to him and seeing him and, you know, him, you know, Regan and Asplin just have, fun on the ice and you know, you, you know, I watch a lot of practice and you know, those guys work hard obviously. And you know, the performance backs it up and they're just always smiling and you know, they're doing new things and you know, they know that other teams are watching them, you know, and you know, other teams are watching you. They're always trying different things. It's not, all right, you go to the, this point, I'm going to go to this point, pass you the puck and shoot and try to see what happens. You know, if you watch, uh, I put out a video this morning of, all of Ols- almost all of Olsen's goals. I think there was only two I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're from the left side, right side, down low, you know, by the post. Um, you know, they're all over the place, and that kind of says a lot about what he's capable of. And, um, you know, I think C.J. Smith is another one that just needs to have, you know, big playoff series. He finished the season with 28 goals, you know, right behind Olsen. So he's, uh, you know, he's right there behind him. Yeah, you know, I think he can score goals just as much. Um, Olsen has a NHL job and, you know, waiting for him. You know, I think uh, CJ needs to lead this team, um, you know, two wins. And, you know, obviously he wants to play for himself or show what he's capable of. So, you know, maybe it's uh, pointing out the two obvious players. But, <laughs> you know, no matter where you look on any team, any sports team, you're going to look your your top players to succeed for you to win. So two more questions for you. So the second last one is, so what is the, I, don't, I thought I saw some things, like I said, I was finding on tour with the lineup today. So is, is Gosling going to get in here to start it look like? Yeah, it's going to be, um, you know, pilot Redmond, um, Andrew McWilliam, Will Borgen, and it's expected to be Gosselin and Matt Tennyson. So it's, um, you know, this may kind of the next line may make you kind of cringe a little bit because I know you've gone through in Buffalo, but yeah, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, you know, the reason they're kind of going with the lineup, um, you know, they, they kind of talked about, you know, going into the end of the season, it was going to be, you know, Hey, who can, who can perform going into the playoffs? You're going to play and, you know, not take away from Gosselin. All he's got an assist in three straight games. You know, he's a puck moving defenseman. He's great on the, you know, in his own end. Um, you know, he's going to be that guy that can lead the rush. So, you know, in a way, it's almost similar to what we saw from Pilot earlier in the year. You know, he's mm-hmm. an older kid, so he's not some, you know, just a little kid. He's, you know, played four years in college. Um, but the reason, one of the reasons they're going with that lineup is so that nobody is playing on their off wing. 
Well, that's smart. <laughs> I like that. It's smart. I mean, it's, I mean, you can make it work in certain situations, but you know, my, my general philosophy is, you know, try to get that lefty righty matchup. So. But at the same point, you know, it's, you can't question when, you know, Jack Doherty has played all season and, yeah. you know, led the, led the yeah. team plus minus, you know, obvious caveat. We know what that stat means, but you know what he, uh, you know, it's, you know, he's kind of been there all year. So it was kind of surprising to see somebody like that of, you know, what, Hey, maybe it really is there putting in who's performed at the end of the season. And, you know, I've seen some people refer to Goslin as some college kid, and you know what, he's not. He's, you know, he's obviously somebody they went out at and looked after, and you know, he's a senior, and they brought him in, and you know, obviously the kid can play. So he's uh, already signed through next year as well. So it's not just some amateur tryout to see what he's got. It's someone they've committed to for next season. Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking you never had it. I mean, that blue line looks pretty nice next season. I mean, you're going to have Bryce in there. You're going to have Goslin. Uh, Redmond's going to be back. Uh, Pilot probably won't be there, but. You know, you know, get a guy like Hickey's probably going to be back there too. So I mean, there's some, there's some nice players down there. You know, so looking forward to next season. That blue line looks like it's pretty nice for Rochester. So that's good and comforting. Moving into next season, but we're not there yet, and hopefully we're not there for a while. <laughs> so the last question here: take off the blinders, take off the favoritism. Give me your actual thought: who wins this series and how many games? It's going to uh, the Emirates have to do it. Um, you know, I'm gonna. Be concerned about the first game on home ice, uh, you know, just because they just haven't performed that way. You know, the Amherst should beat them in at least four games and do it, you know, pretty easily. I think there may be, you know, Toronto may give them a challenge. And, you know, the way this team is built, they they should have no trouble beating them in at least four games. Give up one and, you know, they're going to immediately bounce back. And with the leadership they have in the room and, guys to say, hey, get your act together and the determination. Um, yeah, the, this team is built with a whole bunch of winners. You go down the lineup and everybody on just about every line has won something. You know, all the coaches have won championships. Uh, you know, Chris Cole has won a Calder Cup. Uh, you know, Porter was around for a Stanley Cup playoffs. So, right. you know, last year was, hey, let's get to the playoffs. This year it was, we need to be a, you know, full team. And, you know, I think think they are they're you know they have the mindset for it and you know the stats to prove everything prove everything all year and you know I think one thing they've learned from last year was how to play the game and that kind of kind of shows with the fourth line they have where it's going to be you know a couple of tough guys guys that you know play a physical game and Dalton Smith and Bayou and you know even Remy Yelly is going to be on that last line so that was an element to the game they didn't have last season against Syracuse. And I think that's kind of what ultimately cost them the series. And, you know, they've learned from that and, you know, they're going for a different approach in game one. All right. So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for all of your updates about the playoffs at Let's Go Amrix. And also all of the content he provides as well at Let's Go Amrix.com. So Keith, enjoy it, man. Uh, enjoy the playoffs. Uh, I'll be keeping tabs here. I'm going to try to, I'm um, definitely going to try to see if I can – got to get that AHL package. i got to do it. i got I got to watch these playoff <laughs> games so I can keep up on it. Um, and then, you know, they, they play Friday, Saturday, so we'll uh, – Friday, Sunday. Friday, Sunday. Okay, yeah, Friday, Sunday. So we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to get back together Sunday night to recap those two games and, um, you know, look forward to the vaunted third game, whether it's 2-0 or 1-1. It'll be – either way, it'll be an important game. So we'll try to get back together Sunday night and see where things are and hopefully, hopefully – uh, we'll be in a good position, but uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll talk in a couple of days, man, and enjoy it, have fun, and uh, I guess we'll see how things turn out here. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, next time we talk, it'll be 2-0, and, uh, you know, things will be going well, and we'll, hey, it's, they're the only team playing, and Cincinnati's playing well, so they uh, it's all on their backs. <laughs> all right, man, we'll, we'll talk this weekend. All right, have a good one, Chad. Oh!